Christian fellowship, communion with God and with fellow Christians. Koinonia, an association of people who share common beliefs and activities. This is Koinonia. This is Community. And now, your host, Tom Brown. Yes, this is not Tom Brown. This is Gary Kinneman. And uh, I'm sitting in for Tom today. He's actually not just taking today off. He's Tom is just everybody's prayer warrior friend. Uh, he likes to be involved in everything and anything. And he just, uh, he is really, and I'm not saying this because I have a job here, uh, but Tom is really one of, the, one of the very special people that I've had a chance to meet in my life. He really, he loves God deeply, and he serves people very well. And he's taken a little bit of a leave of absence, or just a, taking a rest break. Bill, how long is he going to be gone? Do you, oh, my goodness. He was gone last week. Yeah, well, great. And uh, I trust he's doing better. He's had some health challenges, too, and we need to pray for him. He's praying for everybody else. And put Tom Brown on your prayer list. And put us on your prayer list because we're getting the word of God out to the community uh, in remarkable ways. In fact, Tom just walked by. I just saw him outside the studio. What is he doing here today? So anyway, um, my name is Gary Kinneman, and I've been doing this with Tom uh, once a month, sometimes twice a month. Uh, for a couple of years now, I've been had, had the pr- privilege of being a part of the uh, KP, KPXQ family. You're listening to 1360 Faith Talk Radio. And the program today is live, coming to you from our studios at 24th Street and Camelback. And I have, I have with me today a very special guest. Um, I've been a pastor in the Valley for for decades, and I was pastor of a big church in Mesa, Word of Grace, which is now Hillsong Phoenix. And and uh, since uh, I've stepped away from the church, I've just spent a lot of time getting to know people and bringing, trying to bring people together to serve God's kingdom purposes in the valley. And the gentleman that's sitting here with me, I only wish his wife could have come. He tells me that she's better on the radio, actually. <laughs> anyway, uh, the gentleman I have with me here today is Tom, Thomas Winkle. Uh, he is uh, he's a retired Marine, and uh, he is, uh, he's got a, a graduate degree in uh, counseling psychology. And he and his wife started a movement here in Arizona called the Coalition for Military, Arizona Coalition for Military Families. And I, I met his wife, Nicola, uh, some years ago. I was serving on a, on a governor, on the Governor's Council on Faith and Community Initiatives, and uh, Nicola was serving on that. And and uh, she just is a delightful person, and, but I never really got to know deeply what what she and her husband were doing until just, uh, well, just less than a year ago. And we bumped into each other at, at a gathering, uh, and, uh, and I, I was wanting to get in touch with him to talk about some of the things I'm doing in my life now. We spent some time talking and really connected. And so anyway, I, I wanted him to come on and talk about what he, what he and his wife are doing for, for veterans in the state of Arizona. For those of you who don't know, one out of every 10 adults in, in Phoenix and in Arizona is a veteran. And if you count their spouses and their kids, families, we're talking about a substantial portion, a proportion of our, of our population. Thomas, it's really good to have you here. I'm sorry your wife isn't here uh, to help you through this, I, I know. As a Marine, 
You're not. Uh, go, go ahead, say something. We got the music coming, and I want them at least to hear your voice. Uh, yes, I am. I am uh, saddened that my wife is not here as well. <laughs> he's a marine, but he's not. He's not really a fearful man. But we we had a. He, we, I just attended their symposium, and it was an extraordinary event. We had some extraordinary guests, and we want to talk about those people. I want to find out how Thomas actually met some of these people. We'll be back in just a minute. listening to Faith Talk Radio, 1360, right here in Phoenix, Arizona, a subsidiary of Salem Communications, a national effort to reach America for God and good. That's a new motto. We could just say that, right? Uh, my name is Gary Kinneman. I'm sitting in for Tom Brown. Uh, you're listening to Koinonia, which is on the air every day from 2 to 3. <laughs> Uh, weekdays, and I have with me a guest. I just started to introduce him. I sort of talked my way right into the next, into the first break there. Anyway, Thomas Winkle is here with me, and Thomas and his wife uh, launched the Arizona Coalition for Military Families. And uh, what is that, Thomas? Well, first of all, I just want to say thank you, Gary. I'm really happy to be here today. Yeah, it's been, uh, we've interacted over the course of a couple of years, and it's been uh, just a, a joy to really connect with you. Hey, thanks. And um, I've had a great time both in uh, in seriousness and in humor, uh, <laughs> laughing with you and uh, talking serious things, and it's, it's been, great. Uh, been wonderful. I appreciate um, that very much. Yeah, absolutely. Well, yeah. Um, so uh, the Arizona Coalition for Military Families, I don't want to get too technical, but it's essentially a neutral agency that works with all of the organizations that are out there trying to provide services for service members, veterans, and their families. And what that means is that uh, we look at best practices and promising practices and how to ensure, first and foremost, there's literally no wrong door and no wrong person for which a service member, a veteran, or their family can uh, can turn to when they're in need of assistance. Now you you, uh, you established this with your wife. How, how did it happen? How did you how did you do this? And it, it was how many years ago? Yeah, uh, we actually there was a congressional mandate that came out in two thousand seven, and uh, that was directed at all the national guards across the country. And um, then in two thousand eight, they decided to put a little funding behind that, and uh, so I was part of a Department of Defense team, mm. and uh, most wonderful federal contract I've ever heard in my life. They said, go into the state, figure out what needs to happen, and then do it. So well, I, I think I'm going to learn some things about <laughs> the Arizona Coalition today. So, yeah, that's great. Yeah. So, uh, you know, we really uh, – we had been doing a variety of different things at that time. We had uh, been just returning from doing some mission work overseas with the tsunami. Yeah, that's something that would be interesting for our listeners, too, to hear what you uh, did there. be happy to chat yeah. about that. But yeah. uh, go ahead. Yeah. Um, and, uh, so we had been uh, reflecting upon, uh, you know, what we were going to do next mm-hmm. and, uh, being a former Marine myself, I, I guess I'm sp- supposed to say former Marine. Former I, Marine. Yes, I guess yeah. once a Marine, always a Marine. So I am 
Still There's a, somebody just standing outside the door now. They just showed up, and I think they're going to arrest you. I, there is a fine for it, and it's rather heavy. It's, uh, it's, uh, it's not good. I was actually interrupted by the uh, uh, spouse of the commandant of the Marine Corps uh, in the middle of a speech that I was giving. And she stopped me dead cold and said, you are not a former Marine. I said, well, ma'am, I'm sorry. You know, I thought it was, you know, I was supposed to yes. use former as opposed to X. Yes. And uh, boy, howdy, did she say, you know what, my, my husband, the commandant of the Marine Corps, that was one of his first acts in the uh, – in his new position. So, wow. yes, I have been corrected, and yet I still still make that mistake on live radio. I guess once a Marine, always a Marine. Yes, that, I've heard that before. Semper Fidelis. Yes, yes, uh, always faithful. Forever. Yeah. So um, so anyway, you, you had a government contract to mm-hmm. uh, just kind of decide for yourself in the state of Arizona? Did you, did you, did you have a region? We'd, no, it was really um, all, the entire state. Uh-huh. Um, and we, we were given a lot of leeway as to what exactly we were going to do. When um, you say we, you're talking about yourself and essentially your wife who's partnered with you. Uh, do you have another – did you have a team? Yeah, we um, – because it came out of the National Guard, we had an individual there uh, who was the adjutant general. He's in charge, two-star mm-hmm. general, uh, by the name of uh, Hugo Salazar. I've heard of him. Huh? Yeah, yeah. And uh, he really believed in the mission. He saw uh, what the opportunities for support were for his Guard members, both Air Guard and uh, Army Guard. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was just um, – it was a kind of a an apex um, event uh, that we had a variety. We had him, him. We had a variety of other folks from the Department of Veterans Services and the governor's office and the VA – who jumped on board and said, yes, this is exactly what we need. We need coordination and collaboration mm-hmm. of services. We need that infrastructure stuff that is not um, romantic. It's not uh, something that's um, uh, warm and fuzzy. It's getting into the details of things and then helping other organizations to be able to make the warm and fuzzy things happen. And and, and to actually to get along with each other. Oh, boy. That's a big one. It really is. Siloization is yes. what we call that. Yes, I- I was talking to Billy Billy Thrall, who works for the governor's office. Good, we, you good know man. him as well. Yes. Just having lunch with him today, we were talking about that. He basically said everybody has an agenda. They say they have no agenda, but everybody has an agenda. And uh, so uh, I remember you saying to me that um, that you really don't provide any service for any veterans. <laughs> there are a few there are a few situations where we have provided services, uh-huh. uh, mainly around employment. Um, we operated a center to give us a little bit more of a clear understanding of the mm-hmm. systems and how they work. But but in essence, we work with all of those folks. Your mm-hmm. your statement is correct. We work with all the folks that are doing all of the yes. amazing work. And they are, the problem for veterans, I think I heard you say this in this context, that uh, there really is no lack – there are no lack of services for veterans. That's correct. The problem is veterans don't know how to find the services that uh, that are available to them. That's correct. There's no coordination, there's no collaboration, and there's no kind of wide-scale understanding of what's out there for yeah. veterans. And to me, that pains my heart. Um, I, I, one of the worst things that I hear is when I hear uh, an individual who was struggling for a long period of time with a financial issue mm-hmm. or housing or a legal issue, and yet we know there are dozens of resources out there specifically aimed towards that. And one of the greatest examples of that um, that is done and uh, at very specific locations and very specific times are things called stand-downs or stand-ups. Mm-hmm. 
And stand downs are a uh, gathering of resources and individuals that are to- targeted towards assisting this population. Um, the uh, um, the stand down in Phoenix, Arizona, is the largest in the nation. Um, wow. And folks that are uh, homeless or at risk of homelessness uh, go to this event, and they can get all of their legal issues taken care of, finances, clothing, on and on and on to make it so that they can kind of repurchase themselves in new soil to be able to grow from that wow. particular point. Wow. So, so the largest in the, in the, the stand down here is the largest in, in the country. I believe so. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I heard there's, uh, I don't know, maybe I heard from you. I can't, I think it was from our fellow, uh, our colleague, Dave, uh, Dave Keller, that yes. there, there are stand downs here coming up in a week or two in Flagstaff and Safford. I believe that's correct. Yeah. Yes. Yep. And uh, so in Mojave County, I think as well. Coming up in the next. So a, a stand down basically is a, an event uh, that brings some that brings agencies together, organizations, mm-hmm. and invites veterans to come uh, to find to find their way out of whatever difficulties they're facing. That's that's the case. Yes. And and uh, when did those kinds when when did the stand downs begin to uh, emerge? I think they've been around for a couple of decades. Um, they started to have more oomph behind them Mm -hmm. uh, with the increased attention that our post 9-11 service members Mm -hmm. were receiving. Mm -hmm. And there were a couple of statistics that helped push that forward. Mm -hmm. Um, One of which was uh, back in the 70s, um, early, early 80s, it typically took a person exiting the uh, active duty military Mm -hmm about five to seven years before they found themselves fully out on the street uh, experiencing chronic homelessness. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. With 9-11, uh, post-9-11 folks, it was taking somewhere between two to three. Mm. So things were accelerating. Mm. So everybody started to basically jump in and say, we've got to do something about this, and we have to do it in a systematic way. Mm-hmm. We've got to make sure that everyone's at the table, and we need a lot of effort behind this. And beautiful part about it, uh, the chairman of the Joint Chiefs Office couple years back, made a a great uh, statement, and they actually wrote a paper on it called The Sea of Goodwill. And essentially that was the public's willingness to engage themselves and support our veterans and service members and their families Mm -hmm. um, in a way unlike any point in history, Mm -hmm. uh, which is is incredible. The harnessing of that is what coalitions like the Arizona Coalition to End Homelessness Mm -hmm. has been able to do, and we help support them in a Mm -hmm. variety of different ways as well. But they've done some remarkable work with that. So it's taking advantage of the greatness of the American character or however we want to say it. Um, (laughs) Maybe we coined that today too. Um, But it's it's quite remarkable what's happening, and it's, it's heartwarming for the veterans. If you look at a Vietnam-era veteran, and you just say, thank you for your service and welcome home, that's huge. Mm-hmm. And um, oftentimes you'll see a tear just off of that. Mm-hmm. But there's so much more that we can do. Mm-hmm. And that's the beauty of um, today's day and age. Yeah. Um, you could say a, a stand-down is an, is an opportunity to bring services and veterans together. And uh, that's really what what your organization does is – you're, you're sort of a, uh, an ongoing, uh, with no time limit, you're a stand-down organ. Would, could, you, could you describe it that way? I, that's one of the ways that we have been described, uh-huh. yes. Um, I, and I, I, we like that analogy. It's a 24-7, 365 
Uh, that was pretty good for a Marine, right? Be able to <laughs> rattle those numbers off. Um, organization. I don't know. You strike me as as, uh, as a pretty uh, a, a, you got a good mind. <laughs> oh. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> but I do appreciate it. And you express it. yourself well. Well, thank you. Um, so, uh, yeah, so that that's really um, one of the things that we want to be able to do. We've got, um, you know, there's all these things out there, but getting folks pointed in the right direction, um, the right resource at the right time is another um, statement that we follow, a part of our vision statement. We, yeah. we believe that that's possible. It's a lofty goal. Because there's a lot of things going on. Yeah. We have to interact with a whole bunch of different agencies. The beautiful part is the key stakeholders are in. They're, mm-hmm. they're, they're, they're sold out. They're bought into the process. So we're actually able to reduce a lot of that siloization and territorialism and those yeah, types of yeah. things uh, just by the nature of the population yeah. that we're serving. And uh, how, are, how are you funded? Do you mind talking about that? No, not at all. Not at all. Um, the uh, the funding structures come from a lot of different things. We have some major employers um, that are funding APS and Cisco uh, for various different efforts. And the um, governor's office is supporting you. Governor's office, absolutely. You're is part of the state budget. Um, it, it's a uh, yes, typically coming out of discretionary funds, uh-huh. but they're they're um, they're yes, we're receiving funds from yeah. uh, and support from them. Well, Department of Veteran Services as well is also there a major go. contributor. Well, we're going to take a break, but when we come back, I want to talk to Thomas about some of his uh, personal experiences uh, in the military, in marriage, and now as a dad of two small kids. (laughs) We'll be right back. You know, this is a live radio broadcast, and uh, we got a big glass window here. We've got a studio, and uh, on the other side of the window is our engineer, Bill. What's your last name, Bill? Davidson. That is a, just a nice American name, you know? It works. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, you have no idea. You know, this, we, we come in and out at precise times, and Bill's back there managing the program, and... Uh, you know, we, you know, he's probably the second nicest guy here. <laughs> we talk about Tom Brown. This is Gary Kinneman sitting in for Tom Brown. You're listening listening to Koinonia on Faith Talk Radio 1360. And I have in the studio with me today a gentleman that I, I've kind of known at a distance, but uh, really we've become friends over the last year or so, mm-hmm. Thomas Winkle. He and his wife, uh, Nicola, lead an organization here called Arizona Coalition for Military Families. And it is a coalition. Their effort has been to bring, uh, to bring together agencies and organizations that come alongside veterans, whatever their problems may be. Thomas himself is a veteran. You are a Marine? Ow. Hua. Ow. No, that's a – pirates make that sound, don't they? <laughs> no, they say arg, <laughs> as my – Four-year-old son is fond of. Reminding. Yes, he likes yes, pi- he likes yes, pirates, right? Yes, most definitely. so. How long were you in the Marines? I was in the Marines for four years. Four years, yes. and uh, any uh, deployment? I did. I uh, deployed to the Philippines, Okinawa, and then straight over to Saudi Arabia. Saudi Arabia for a nice stay, and then we uh, we we drove in for a visit to uh, 
visit Kuwait. To Kuwait. Uh-huh. Yes, during the Operation Desert Shield and Desert Storm. Okay, so you were in the yes. Marines when that was launched? Yes. Uh-huh. And yes. Uh, what, was your, what was your specialty in the Marines? I was actually an anti-tank gunner. So I was in the infantry and uh, <laughs> rode on the top of a Humvee, which at that point was, you know, brand new technology and yes. really fun. And not really well armored. No, not not really well armored. Yeah. Um, you know, um, different wars take on different flavors. In this particular uh, war, it uh, we didn't need all the up armoring because we didn't have to go and stay yeah. within towns and villages mm-hmm. and cities. So uh, it was perfectly appropriate for that that yeah. time period. You know that that has to be that has to be really fun. My my son's in the navy and he plays the trumpet in the navy band. He hasn't had a lot of uh, gunnery experience. But he didn't. He did have to. He did. He did. He got a medal for uh, in, in basic training for handgun yeah. using his handgun. He really has no background in that. But that's one of the things that stands out. I don't know what it is, guys and and many women. They like to shoot guns and to shoot a big gun like that. It's quite an experience. <laughs> yes, yes. It's uh, it's quite fun, and you feel pretty pumped up for a period of time. And and uh, yeah, it's uh, it's fun to watch things go. Blue. I had a friend at my my. Uh, my, he's my, my agent. He, he's gone now, but uh, he was in the army. He was in the he was in the tank. He was in the tank corps. You call it the tank corps. Uh, tank, the army does. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah, tank corps. Yes. He was in the army and was a gunner in a tank. And uh, this was during the Vietnam era, and you know everybody was high on drugs. And he said it was like awesome <laughs> to be firing a, a tank can, can, weapon. <laughs> on, uh, that drugs. would be definitely a different experience, <laughs> one that I did not have. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm happy to say that he gave his life to Jesus and all that changed, but he talked about that. Kind of like, there's that, uh, Kelly's Heroes, there was a movie about mm-hmm. Kelly's Heroes, and it sort of had that feel. One of the guys was kind of a hippie in that, it was a World War II movie. No hippies, but they put one in the movie, <laughs> an old, old movie. So you were a, you were a gunner on an, on an and um, so were you, did you, uh, did you see some, any combat? Yes, uh, we were uh, kind of the forward leading edge of, um, I think we were the second and fourth vehicle uh, for the two mine breaches that occurred. Uh, oh, wow. Went through the mine breaches. Uh, we cleared out a variety of different bunkers. We engaged uh, a tank unit at one point, bright and early in the morning. Uh, oh, man. It was uh, quite quite a few experiences uh, for, and, for a short And uh, how have you managed? How have you, how have you handled that personally, your experiences over there? Yeah, that's that's a good question. I mean, you, you're also, are you a li- you're a licensed counselor? I am. Uh-huh. I'm a licensed professional counselor. Yeah. I've uh, operated in that field for quite a while. Yeah. And um, so, as a counselor who's been to war, you know, post traumatic stress uh, syndrome, uh, talk about that just in your own experience. Yeah. And some guys are not affected, which is that's uh, the truth. It's hard to hard to figure, but uh, what is. was your experience? Maybe you're one of those guys that were, you know, God gave you the grace and the strength to go through it. I, I think he did. He, um, um, the, the experience, first of all, it's just a, it's an immense experience and I don't have, uh, filled with awe, but more old Testament awe than, uh, the new Testament. It's, it's, uh, it's, um, amazing, amazingly scary, if you will, to see the power of war, uh, um, and, and all of its iterations. So I spent, uh, some of the time while I was there, Listening to the cannon fire and listening to the um, or the artillery fire, my goodness, cannon. That's going back a few centuries. But uh, um, you uh, you 
you see the helicopters flying overhead, delivering their payloads. You see the uh, uh, fighter attack jets uh, eliminating targets. And, and really what you're, or at least what I was left with, is a feeling of smallness. I was left with um, amazement at, uh, you know, what we had brought ourselves to um, during these, during these uh, cataclysmic events that I can't believe that God is terribly happy about. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, for myself personally, I came back, um, I had a, uh, our drill, uh, or excuse me, our master sergeant for, for the, within the Marines, he, um, formed us all together. And so you got 270 males all standing in their, uh, respective, uh, platoons as a part of the company. And he says, all right, any of you, uh, and this is his actual voice, have any nightmares or sweats or experiencing anything weird like that <laughs> and oddly enough nobody raised their hands or stepped forward and he says well good we wouldn't want to have to send you to the shrink <laughs> Jeez. and uh, you know I'll, I'll i'll give them that they at least brought the subject up that was in its in the marines own strange way back in the 90s uh, a way of uh, trying to reintegrate their, you know, population back into society by giving them a debriefing. Let we knew, okay, well, if I am experiencing those things, they're going to send me to someone. You know, so uh, whether that happened ever, I, I'm not sure. But um, you know, my own experience with it was, uh, you know, I, I had some recurring uh, memories of it. Mm-hmm. Um, intrusive memories is mm-hmm. what they're called from a clinical standpoint. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Every single one of us uh, human beings uh, floating around on this planet, we've all got them. Uh, they happen at uh, car accidents. They happen with significant fights with our spouses or, you know, family members, things like that. And they're just those things that keep uh, kind of intruding upon yeah. your daily life. Yeah. Um, I, but, re- I revisit those things in my yeah, dreams. Absolutely. Things that are the, the most uh, – things that have shaped me. Uh, things uh, – I thank God for those things because I couldn't be who I am today without those challenges in my life. But they – they do resurface in in dreams. Absolutely, um, and uh, they're not always pleasant dreams. No, but they're a reminder that there's there's something going on deep in my soul that needs the touch of God's grace and and His healing presence and power, and friends, people who can stand with me. And that's how some folks are able to deal with post traumatic stress. And or the memories of of uh, events that they've experienced while in service, not just in the act of combat, but also in training. Mm-hmm. Uh, folks die in training. It's a dangerous profession. Yeah, yeah. Um, they experience or see uh, things that are intense, uh, and they have to. They're in the uh, act of preparing themselves for very intense events, yeah. and sometimes that has an effect on folks. Yeah. As far as individuals uh, and and what the uh, the general averages are, uh, there's um, some reports talk about 60 percent uh, of the folks coming back from today's current era conflicts is having post traumatic stress. Uh, that has not necessarily panned itself out. Mm-hmm. Um, some some indicate 10 percent. Mm-hmm. I would propose that it's uh, probably somewhere in the lower half of that mm-hmm. you know median there. Somewhere between 10 and 40. Yeah, I think that's probably fairly accurate, yeah. 20-ish, 25. And it depends on what 15. they what they did and what they saw. You got it. Yeah. yeah. But that's the interesting thing about today's asymmetrical warfare. And I don't want to talk about this too much because I have something else I want to bring into this conversation. But um, everyone is now 
um, a potential candidate for the stresses, either combat or operational stresses, that uh, today's military experiences. And one of the best examples that I can give is um, with um, uh, drivers and mechanics. Typically, when you go into the profession or to the military occupational specialty of, of uh, uh, being a driver of a truck or something like that or a mechanic, you're not thinking to yourself, well, guess what? I'm going to be experiencing combat. But in today's asymmetrical or loosely associated warfare, everyone gets to experience those things. So some of the, some of the folks that struggled the most were the drivers who had to navigate constantly through the streets and through the um, navigating what what threats are, you know, what and constitutes coll- a danger and constantly being hyper Collecting casualties. Collecting casualties. Whenever a vehicle was hit uh, and destroyed, uh, it was at least uh, the mechanics, if they weren't going out to retrieve the vehicle, they were certainly dealing with the vehicle once it got back and they knew what happened to the yeah. occupants. A tough stuff to really yeah. deal with. And so yeah. we have to, bottom line is we have to care for you know the kick, the cooks, the bottle washers, the mechanics, obviously the infantry and the the uh, armed forces, our flyers, and and all the other folks that are engaged, um, admin. It really it's it's unfortunately takes a broad swath. One of the things that I wanted to make sure that we did talk about today was the fact that you know there's all the traditional clinical uh, expertise around uh, post-traumatic stress. And it is, uh, the treatments are better today than they ever were before. Uh, first of all, we recognize it. Mm-hmm. It wasn't even mm-hmm. a diagnosis up until the 70s. Unlike, uh, General George Patton, who was known for slapping soldiers right. because they weren't courageous enough. Yeah. They had shell shock. Shell shock. Yeah. 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 Um, we know that this goes all the way back to, uh, early Greek times. There's a wonderful play that goes on, uh, that, um, I'm not going to think of the author's name, but uh, he he wrote it and he talked all about post-traumatic stress Mm -hmm. and how Mm -hmm. it uh, destroyed a general. Mm. Um, So it was a Greek tragedy, Mm. as you can imagine. Mm. But uh, moral injury, that's something that I'd really like to to talk more about. Yeah, well, we're going to take a break. And and, uh, Thomas has kind of brought us into a, I feel emotion, into a a time of thoughtfulness about these issues. And uh, I really would like to talk about the whole issue of spirituality that has emerged actually in the national conversation and uh, religion really does play a role in our lives. Our walk with God is essential in getting us healed in, in these kinds of situations. And we'll be back to talk about that in just a moment. You're listening to Koinonia on Faith Talk Radio 1360. And uh, my name is Gary Kinneman. I'm sitting in for Tom Brown, who's been taking some time off. And I'm interviewing a a friend of mine, uh, someone for whom I have very high regard. And I mean that sincerely, Thomas. I'm I'm so grateful for what you and your wife are doing for veterans. Um, I'm not a veteran. We've had no one in any of the armed services in my family since World War II until my son listed in the Navy. And he's now been in the Navy for nine, nine years. 
And so um, I've always had a, a, a lot of interest in, in mili- military, military history. People have asked me, were you in the military? I said, no, I'm a military wannabe. But there are, uh, there are consequences. I mean, what, uh, the, the, the glory of war is not all that it's cracked up to be. And um, just before we took the break, Thomas began to talk about this emerging, uh, some, an emerging discussion and conversation uh, around the whole issue of post-traumatic stress, uh, of moral injury. And I know that was addressed at the symposium, this recent symposium. Last month, uh, they, the Arizona Coalition for Military Families had a symposium here uh, in Phoenix, not too far from the airport at a conference center. And uh, it looked like you had about 300 people, or am I selling you short? Just a dash short, but we uh-huh. had we had five hundred total. For oh, five hundred! Yes. Oh man, no, I wasn't a dash short. <laughs> Representing how many organizations? Ah, uh, boy. Well, that's a good question. Um, I'm going to throw out um, maybe about 150. 150 organizations. Maybe 200. Yeah. And and Thomas, uh, you told me that other states are looking at what you've done as a as a, a potential model, a template for uh, the same kind of uh, co- coalitions in in other states. We we have been. Um, we've actually uh, done a lot of work in that area. We've uh, we are considered a best practice model by the White House Joining Community Forces. Oh my goodness! Uh, Points of Light, the uh, National Guard Bureau, the uh, Chairman of the Joint Chiefs. Oh my goodness! Uh, on on on, you know, a variety of different national organizations. Yeah. Um, and that that truly, I will. Um, we we don't consider ourselves in charge of the coalition. We we consider ourselves facilitators yes. of the process. So it is really the good work of, of all these different organizations that are out there yeah. that uh, is making that happen. Yeah. The recognition really is about the fact that um, things are truly happening here in the yeah. state that are – and I don't know if anyone's ever noticed this, but Arizona gets beat up every once in a while oh, yes. in the national press. Yes. I, you know, I, <laughs> yes. Yes. But this is one thing that we can be extraordinarily proud of. Uh, is it a perfect system yet? By no stretch, no. But um, there's there's enough effort and enough good people working um, that uh, that we feel very confident. That we're I was with Governor Napolitano at one uh-huh. time, and, and she said she wanted Arizona to be first in something other than stolen cars. Well, there you go. You know, and uh, yeah. I mean, we do. We 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 have not uh, always had the best reputation. There's been a lot of controversy, everything mm-hmm. from the Martin Luther King holiday some years ago to the immigration issues that uh, that affect all of us, and and uh, our our education system is is really uh, in the in the dumps. Uh, we're very very low on the list when it comes to public education, and uh, and we have we have an exorbitant number of veterans, and so and the veterans a whole veterans issues that have come up in the news recently, the neglect of veterans. Mm-hmm. It, the, the, we were again the 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 poster child of of the of the challenges, and so kudos to you, Thomas, and uh, you know we believe that we're onto something here. Tell 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 everybody what first of all, what is your website? If people want to know more about what you're doing. Uh, the website is ArizonaCoalition.org, and that will help. Uh, is it AZ or Arizona? Arizona, fully spelled out. Uh, yes. ArizonaCoalition.org. Uh-huh. Yes, yeah. Um, you have to make things simple for my yep. fellow Marines. That's, uh, yeah, we, we try to keep things uh, pretty, pretty basic. Um, and I, I, I bag on Marines uh, quite a bit, but uh, well, you, you, know, you got right to and, and Hey, uh, I bag on yeah. pastors. Yeah. I, I can do that. <laughs> <laughs> yes, okay. but I love my time in the Marines, and uh, I'm proudly proudly count myself. Yes, there you go. Yeah. Um, 
So you had five about 500 guests at the conference, mm-hmm. and uh, was that your largest ever? It was. It was. And they had a, a, they had a tremendous uh, discussion. Thomas, you did a phenomenal job interviewing a four-star retired Marine general, and his name? Uh, that was uh, General John Allen, and uh, APS was, uh, was uh, the folks that sponsored that particular portion of the event, yeah. and we were very uh, pleased to have them as a part of that as well. The other, my co-interviewer, was an admiral, Hal Pittman, and uh, you know he. So I was, I was in pretty good company up there. Yeah, well, you did a great job. I took notes, and I've sent the notes to a number of people ah. because it was about coalition building, right? And that's really the new. That's the new thing. We, you know, our, the problems are so great. We we just, I mean, we have to do things individually, but we're so much better together. Uh, I like to say that um, we 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 can't take these things on alone. We can barely take on the problems together. They're That's so enormous. And uh, so you, you had uh, th- this general, by the way, and again, his name, I'm, sometimes I'm so bad with names. No worries. Uh, uh, general John Allen. John Allen, simple yeah. name. But he's the general who famously took over for General Petraeus and commanded the American forces in, in Afghanistan. And uh, just a very interesting, uh, fine, fine guy. You know, just makes me proud to be an American to see the kinds of people that are leading our military and our country, and uh, something you, you did something at this uh, symposium that you hadn't done before. You've been doing the symposium for how many years? This uh, th- this was our sixth year. Sixth year, and for the first time, you had a faith and spirituality track. We did. Um, we we had uh, had breakouts on faith and spirituality, and we had woven that through a couple of other of our other conversations. But last year, I laid the groundwork uh, pretty intensively. Yeah, brought in an individual who was able to speak to moral injury. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was one of the uh, one of the four primary individuals that revamped the entire Marine Corps and Navy um, combat and operational stress first aid programs mm-hmm. and how they dealt with suicide and those mm-hmm. types of things. We've been utilizing some of his material for quite a number of years. And um, so uh, we had all that benefit. But then he also speaks very intensively about moral injury. Mm-hmm. And as a clinician, one of the things that's attracted me to this, and, and as a Christian, um, I was uh, impressed with the level of um, consistent response amongst clinicians who feel that, okay, we can work with some of the, the behavioral dynamics of post-traumatic stress. We can deal with some of the emotional responses. But most consider that the moral injury part, the wounding of the soul, mm-hmm. if you will, uh, has a significant impact on post-traumatic stress, uh, its treatment, and of its future outcomes of whether mm-hmm. or not it's going to be resolved. And when we don't resolve it, when we don't work towards that ends, mm-hmm. if we're being purely clinical, um, it's, it just it goes uh, – it, it um, it's almost like uh, leaving a glove in a patient. Yeah. And, uh, you know, that tends to cause infection and, and um, everything else. So we want to be really careful that we're attending to this particular issue. So this year um, we were very happy uh, working with Mike Wold and yourself and Dean Pedrotti and, and a variety of other individuals um, uh, over at the Franciscan Renewal Center, uh, folks over there, to ensure that we had an entire track of faith-based initiatives um, and uh, best practices, promising practices. We brought folks in from the VA um, from back east that were able to talk about a program that the VA is utilizing in the pilot testing to see how moral injury treatment uh, intersects and supports 
ongoing standard <clears throat> treatment. So yeah. really remarkable stuff, very encouraging. And well, I was there for the whole day, and at least the day of, the, of that track. And uh, at, at times there was, sta- was standing room only in the room, and uh, gr- a great response. And everybody wants to move it, move that forward. Uh, and um, I was mentioning to you at the break, my my interest is as as a pastor of a church, one church for 25 years, for the most part, churches, as one of the presenters uh, indicated, Gary Sanders out of out of uh, Norfolk, Virginia. Thank you, yeah. Um, Gary was talking about, that's not on the radar, most churches that uh, that veterans have special challenges and and churches don't think about how they can be a resource uh, for veterans. Not, you don't necessarily have to have an office in your church, a veteran's office, but uh, to, to, to be a, pl- a place where information is available, where, where connections can be made, where veterans can connect with one another. And uh, like I said, it's off the church's radar. Well, in a church, let's say you have a church of 500 people, 500 adults, you, uh, about 50 to, 50 to 100 people in there are either veterans or our spouses of veterans and the opportunities for serving veterans for mobilizing veterans uh for for really sending sending them out to bring to bring god's word in into their lives in the unique uh settings in their unique settings and challenges and to god's presence for the for the church to be a resource for the veterans community is just that's our dream and i know thomas shares that dream 100 percent Zero question. The, uh, you know, and there's a lot of factors that go into it. The beautiful part is, is that the way, what we've constructed, what we've put together, we want to be able to ensure that the, the faith-based community is, is uh, utilizing promising practices. We don't <laughs> That's want them to just, yeah. you know, doing random things. Yeah. Um, we want to make sure that they're engaged with the broader, um, you know, huge number of resources and organizations that are out there. Uh, yeah, I like to say this. Let me just throw this in. I like Please. to say this. That there are lots of people doing God's work, who don't really think that they're doing that God has anything to do with it. I love it. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> the reformers called it common grace, and mm-hmm. we're all created in the image of God, whether or not we believe it. And we have been created to uh, really to to worship God and to serve others. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and your neighbor as yourself. That's just sort of in the core of every human being. And for God's people to come alongside other people who are really doing God's work, sometimes better than God's people are doing God's work, I just think it's a real benefit. Well, so. and that's the beauty of it. The, a church doesn't or, you know, a temple or doesn't have to have uh, uh, create a whole bunch of yes. programs. They just need to know what's out there and then to do what God has called them to do within their own church. Yeah. And oftentimes it's what they're already doing. We just need to provide a little bit of extra training at no cost and those kind of things to be able to make it so that they have a full understanding of what veterans are looking yeah. for and how to integrate with them, work with them, not be afraid of post-traumatic stress or, you know, those types yeah. of things and make sure that they're getting all that they can possibly get. Um, so uh, what is your website again and how can people get in touch with you? You talked about training. You probably mm-hmm. are willing to work with church leaders. 100%. 100%. So how Anytime, do, anywhere. How do people get in touch with you? Yeah. So the best way to do it is uh, to contact the Arizona uh, on our website, ArizonaCoalition.org, all one word, all spelled out, um, uh, to contact us there. We have forms that say, hey, if you're interested in engaging with us, there's a variety of different spots that they can uh, contact us Great. on that site. We have one really important thing to tell you about when we come back. We don't have a lot of time, but we have one really important thing to tell you about. So don't go away. 
Hey, we're back for the final couple minutes uh, of the program. My name is Gary Kinneman. I've been subbing for Tom Brown today on uh, Koinonia. My guest has been uh, Thomas Winkle. He and his wife lead the Arizona Coalition for Military Families. And I said there's something really important we wanted to tell you about. And why don't you tell him, Thomas? And uh, we've got just another few minutes. I'll sort of let you do this, you know, when you got like 15 <laughs> seconds left. But I'd, I'd like you to just tell tell our audience what's happening this fall, and uh, and then maybe maybe you just have a word from God for people. Maybe you got a Bible verse, you know, a little pastoral stuff, and then close in prayer. Okay. Can you can you put all that in there? I in, think in 90 I can. Seconds? I can give that a shot. <laughs> yep. Um, so one of the exciting things, and really uh, one of the major reasons that uh, Gary and I started chatting, and uh, a variety of other folks around. Uh, around the community, is what we want to do is uh, have a faith-based summit uh, that will be taking place in the fall, and this will be a gathering of the uh, various faith-based organizations across the state. Uh, We're going to be doing some teaching, some technical assistance on how organizations can best support our service members, veterans, and their families. Um, It is uh, something that we're all really looking forward to and uh, keeping in, uh, it's, it's been a long time coming in, a lot of uh, patient reflection uh, to be able to make that happen. And all I'll say is as far as uh, um, uh, our, our general veterans are concerned, is the reality is they need you, they need God, and um, that's, that's probably the bottom line. They need, they need you, and they need God. Um, just say a prayer for our listeners, especially for those who might be veterans or who are who are, who are lovers of veterans generally and maybe personally. Uh, dear Lord, we just love you. We thank you. We are so blessed to have the folks that are willing to serve during incredibly hard times uh, to be able to help protect our nation. We just ask that all of us are able to come together to support the service members, the veterans, and the family members that uh, have untold number of uh, trials and tribulations and successes and hopes. And we pray this in Jesus' name, and we thank you for listening to us today. And uh, God bless our veterans and this wonderful station.